Well, you got to know him for a short time during his career at UCLA. Jason Harris, a, a key cog at the linebacker spot. So glad to have him on the show. I'm Brian Fenley. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Harris underscore Jason 95. I'm on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Jason, th- thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So we've had a whole lot of talk this week about the NFL draft, and obviously it's going to continue today and go on into tomorrow. And then the free agents who were undrafted are going to have other opportunities with teams. How would you rate your desire to get a shot at the next level? Oh, I would, I would absolutely love that. That's what I've been working for. I've been training uh, real hard, hardest I ever have the, the past uh, four months. So um, I would love to get that shot, whether that comes uh, with a call in the draft or if I sign a free agency or whatever that is, but I would love to get that shot. What have those last four months been like for you? Because it must be hard at times sifting through and finding ways to work out when so much is closed. Yeah, exactly. So obviously a couple of months, like in, from January till about like mid-March were, were easy. Uh, I mean, not the workouts weren't easy, but it was easier uh, to find a place to train. I was training at Proactive uh, up north in like that's Thousand Oaks. Um, and it was great working there. I was actually there with Locaney. Oh, cool. And KLS. So all three of us. Oh, and Darnay Holmes is there. For oh, cool. Yeah, so all of us are up there. So that was really smooth. Uh, obviously, a lot of hard workouts. And then the whole quarantine thing happened. So uh, it was a little tricky. Um, but luckily, I, I, I've got a good memory. So I remembered a lot of like the running workouts we would do with them and stuff. So I went to, I would go to fields. I'd go to, the, there's a big sand dune, like sand hill thing up north in uh, Malibu. Um, there's wow. a big hill by my house. So I've run the hills a lot for my cardio and stuff. And then as far as the workouts, I bought dumbbells, um, about like a 90 pound dumbbell. Oh, wow. A 90 pound dumbbell. Yeah. Yeah. I bought some, bought some good stuff. So, um, and then UCLA supplied me with some bands as well, which is nice. Um, so exercise bands and stuff like that. So, um, I would actually did workouts through proactive via zoom. Yeah, they really? were get on Zoom. He knew everything that I had, so he'd write me up a workout and he'd just watch me control the tempo and everything. So I'd kind of clear out my living room and, and do that. Yeah, I was using my ottoman as a as a bench press and stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. But it's I mean you find a way, I guess, but it's obviously not the best uh, circumstance you'd hope for in the middle of training. Yeah, but you you do what you can. Boss Tagaloa was on the other day, and he was talking about how, like, where he lives in his neighborhood, it's kind of shaped in, like, a track. So he's measured it where if he goes around the neighborhood four times, it's a mile. So you you make the best out of the situation that you can, like like yeah, you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, you have to, definitely. Um, so, Jason, your dad was an NFL star, played for several teams, an All-American at Arizona State. And then you look at your own career. How much of an obligation do you have to him to try to follow in his footsteps? Um, I mean, he would kill me if I said any obligation. He's, he's really harped on me growing up that he doesn't want me to feel pressured. To, really? Uh, yeah, he doesn't want me to feel pressured to live up to what he did and stuff. Obviously, he said he'd be the happiest person if I beat all his, his records and everything he's done. Um, I mean, I want to – I always kind of play the game. I mean, I want to help my family succeed and stuff, and, and I play for them as well. And I, but um, I'm really just kind of playing for me and the love of the game. Um, it's been great having a dad that's obviously, like you said, has such a decorated career at the college level and the NFL level. Um, and I, he's really been a great resource for me when it comes to just having great knowledge of the game, 
uh, learning, like continuously learning stuff. There's stuff that he still teaches me that I felt like I should have, like, I felt like having a dad for so long, I would have known that already, but he keeps pulling some new stuff out. And obviously he's, he's, uh, he's still in love with football. So he's a football junk. He's learning new stuff himself. He's almost like a coach. So it's been great to have him in my corner. Definitely. What's the last thing, if you can remember that he taught you or something that happened that he told you recently? Um, the biggest thing is honestly in training. Um, he just watched me because obviously as pass rushers, it's really important to be, have flexible hips and come around the corner, be able to bend. So that's one thing. Uh, he's been harping on me to focus on the training. Proactive has done the same thing. Um, but So that's that's one thing he's, he's taught me and has really been preaching. It's just to continue working on my hip flexibility and foot quickness and stuff like that. So I've been hitting that a lot there in training. A lot of, a lot of yoga, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, doing a lot of yoga to, to loosen up my hips and muscles and stuff like that. That seems to be a great idea. I mean, I, I would think that more people would want to get on with that because of the flexibility and how that expands your body, body movements and such. So I've read that your dad is a motivational speaker. And that he likes to go around and he'll do speeches in front of companies and, and, and he has some great stories. And I'm not thinking that, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Wolf of Wall Street. There, there, there was this speech with Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think he does the Leonardo DiCaprio speech in Wolf of Wall Street. But uh, what, what sort of no. motivational speeches has he had to, on you over your, over your career? Um, he's got a lot, honestly, um, in, in all different aspects of life, not just uh, on the football field, but in education and just uh, being a hard worker in life in general and everything you do. He's had a lot of inspirational talks that um, a lot of times, honestly, you don't see coming. He, he's got a lot to offer uh, in knowledge. So I'm, I'm used to listening to him talk and sometimes he'll just get on a roll. And he, it's funny because like with me, he doesn't go in the tent of um, – like he's not going into our conversation saying I want to like give him an inspirational speech. He's just trying to give me knowledge. But sometimes with that passion, he's a really passionate person. I mean, everybody, everybody can tell when you talk to him, he's really, he's really passionate about everything he does. Um, and that comes off as motivational for me. So wow. I mean, whether it's in the football field or in the classroom, uh, in relationships, whatever it is, he's, he's always given me some, some kind of motivation uh, in any kind of form. Totally. And now, looking back at your experience at UCLA, it was for one season, how much of what you did there lined up with your expectations? How much was it different than, than how you thought it would be? Yeah, um, obviously, I, I absolutely loved my, my year at UCLA. Uh, I consider myself a, a Bruin for life. Um, yeah, I'm very thankful for my time there. Um, it honestly was everything I hoped to be and more um, in terms of my the camaraderie I had with the players. I mean, I've never seeing so many accepting people as someone who's coming in, especially like when you think about it, like in like outsider terms, like people could be thinking, hmm, this might, guy might be coming in to try to take my position, so they might not be as friendly, but there was none of that at UCLA. Everybody was incredibly help, helpful for me, really welcoming, including me in a bunch of stuff, and helping me learn the playbook, because obviously I, I got there in late June, um, and I was kind of learning a new position. At Illinois State, I might have been considered an outside linebacker, but I was really just a defensive end. Um, and so this is my first true year of really playing a true outside linebacker. So they're even um, – I had a couple of players that would meet with me after practice or after workouts mm -hmm. in the summer and, and teach me some stuff about the playbook and stuff, which is really awesome. So, I mean, I was it was everything I hoped for, definitely, and I'm extremely thankful for it. We'll pick up the conversation with Jason Harris right after this, including getting his thoughts on his Bruin teammates and their prospects of getting drafted. This is Locked on Bruins.
how did the correspondence with UCLA start and what led to you signing with UCLA? Because I know you had other options as well. Yeah, so obviously after I left Illinois State, I informed them uh, like January of 19. Um, and then we instantly started getting highlight tapes together, sending it out to schools. And then UCLA actually hit me up in March. And they said they're really interested, but they wanted to get my GPA above a 3.0, my cumulative. So it would be either get me to grad school. So I wasn't sure. I was taking a boatload of classes because I wanted to get out of Illinois State so I could have sure. the option to graduate. So I wasn't sure if I'd be able to pull that off. I was taking about six classes. Um, and those are full-time classes. Um, and it worked out where eventually I, I got the GPA up in that last semester there. I got it uh, to 3.0 or above. And UCLA called me. I actually had... Um, Two other offers that I was really considering I was going on visits to, that was from Liberty and then uh, Boston College. And um, it was kind of getting later in the game where I wanted to get to school, um, start my summer, like the summer workouts, I would be there summer. So I was trying to make a decision by June. And I was taking my visit to Boston College at the end of May. I already taken my visit to Liberty uh, beforehand. Me and my dad and family had talked about once we take a Boston College visit, we weren't going to consider anybody else who's kind of getting late. We wanted to get more sure. serious. And as our rule is as soon as a Boston College visit started, we weren't going to consider anybody else. And as soon as I landed in Boston, UCLA called me right before the visit started. Really? Yeah, they said they wanted to offer me, and they, uh, they, they saw I got my GPA up. They're happy about that. They wanted to get me out of the visit. So I took my visit to Boston College. Uh, literally the very next weekend, I took my visit to UCLA, and I absolutely loved it. They they sold you right there. And it's crazy yeah. to think, Jason, how late in the game you got to UCLA. And so here you are. You're trying to learn a whole new playbook, moving to a whole new city that's, I don't know how many thousands of miles away from Illinois, a completely different culture and meeting new friends and new coaches. And here you are. How daunting was that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really a crazy experience. Like I said, it was something that I can't say I was expecting at all. <laughs> I mean, it was something that – I mean, my sister actually, she moved out to L.A. about nine years ago. We're a little different in age. Uh, she's She's been out here. She was always hoping that I could possibly play for UCLA and stuff or, or at least be in that area, even if it was San Diego State, be in the Southern Cal area. And uh, it was just crazy because no, nobody was expecting it and how, how quickly, how sudden it happened towards – like the little amount of time it had to happen, um, it was crazy. So, like I said, I'm really grateful that it happened. But, yeah, it was nice. And, and Jason, while you really do appreciate your time at Illinois State and never want to take anything from your time there, I know your dad had talked about, like, that injury you had your junior year of high school and how that affected and, and dampened, the, or dampened the, the recruiting for you. Yeah. I know we're, we, we think in ifs and, and, and buts and – all that but if you didn't have that injury how do you think your college career or even your playing career would be a little different yeah it's it's, it's crazy to think about because in um going into my sophomore year of, of high school i was really sought after recruit i was talking to big schools like wisconsin and oklahoma and stuff obviously nothing too serious yet but a lot of them were yeah. coming into the high school so they're interested enough in me and then um right after my sophomore season i just coincidentally quit basketball really uh, okay yeah just uh i was thinking about getting into track more but i wanted to focus on football a uh -huh. little more as well um and then i went up for a dunk in gym class blew up my knee i broke my ankle so it was kind of a disaster it was a year of recovery 
And after that, I missed my whole junior year of football, which is obviously the big recruiting year. Sure. So obviously that affected recruiting. I went to Illinois State. So it's just crazy thing about if I went to one of those big schools, I might have stayed there my whole year or my all my years and had a great career. Or who knows, I could have gone to a school maybe like Alabama where they got a bunch of five-star guys and I could have gotten lost in the shuffle. So you never know what could have happened. It could have been endless possibilities. But I'm thankful for the route that I've been on. Absolutely. And I'm assuming – over the course of your career, your father, I've read that he likes to go over game film with you. And so not only will you have like tape sessions with the coaches, high school or, or college, but then your father says, hey, Jason, make sure you make some time for me. I want to have some time with you to go one-on-one -on, -one on the game film. What is that one-on-one -on -one father-son dialogue in, in time like when you two are going over film? Oh, I, I try to make it as smooth as possible. Obviously, <laughs> sometimes it's a little harder receiving stuff from dad than it is coach. But um, I, I try to look at him, look at him like a coach. Cause obviously, he's got so much experience. So a lot of times, that's just uh, me sending him the film, and then we'll both just get on at the same time, go play by play. We'll be on just on a regular call. I'll help him on speaker, and he'll be critiquing things. It could take us. 30 seconds to go through a play or it could take us 30 minutes. So he, he could really, uh, he could really get down there and, and, uh, and get into the play and stuff. So, and analyze it a lot. So it's, it's fun having him and it's, it's a great resource for me definitely. But I mean, there's times it can be a little frustrating for sure, but I'm grateful for it. I was going to ask you, does he get on you sometimes? He kind of oh, yeah. wants to yeah. really push the tempo on what he's trying to convey. Hundred percent. Um, he's definitely. I mean, he might get that. His dad was in the Air Force. So he's grown up being an Air Force brat. So he's got a, got that tough mentality of I mean, not not letting me feel too good about myself. So he keeps me humble, definitely with the with the film sessions, and uh, he, he finds something on every play that I can work on. Oh my gosh, you must be so proud though of of how you have turned this career around for you after that injury and, and doing so many great things at Illinois State now at UCLA and vying for that spot at a shot at the next level. You've seen so many of your teammates at UCLA as they get ready for the draft as well. Guys like Joshua Kelly and you've worked out with Darnia Holmes. What do you think about those guys and, and their chances of, of landing on a good spot and a good team? I think it's great. Honestly, just like I said, getting to know those guys and stuff, it's uh, all those, obviously they're great football players, but I don't think what teams realize the kind of guys are getting off the field. I mean, specifically with the two guys you just mentioned, uh, Josh Kelly, obviously everybody knows Josh's personality off the field. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, super strong in his faith. He's really confident, really positive energy. He's going to light up a locker room and a meter every time he walks in. And then Darnay Holmes has got an insane focus. He, I think his, his maturity level is, is uh, years beyond how old he actually is. He's, wow. he's really mature. He's always taking notes. He's always trying to learn. He's always seeking new opportunities to learn. So it's been great, even him being younger than me, to kind of learn that mindset from him. Because obviously, um, no knock to Illinois State at all. they got great athletes there. But sometimes you don't see those, that same focus sure. at that level, at the smaller level. So it was great to see um, that in Darnay. And great to see positive energy from Josh Kelly. And great to learn from people like Josh Woods and KLS. So, um, I think all those guys have really bright futures, and I think uh, any team that gets any of my teammates are going to have a steal because of what they offer, not just on the field, but off the field as well. I can't agree with you more. You're listening to Jason Harris. Follow him on Twitter at Harris underscore Jason 95. So biggest takeaways from, from your time in Westwood, what are they? Um, honestly, my biggest takeaways are some of, obviously, the fun times I had, had with my, my team, my coaches, my players, but... 
Um, really, it's just the work ethic that I'm taking away from uh, UCLA. The, the mindset of always want to learn, always want to grow, always want to perfect your game. Uh, Coach Jason Kafusi, uh, outside linebacker coach, uh, I know they switched the defense up a little bit there, but um, that's what he was when I was there. He really, he really changed that for me, uh, my outlook on the position, just always learning, always trying to grow up the position, always trying to be the best every time. Even if you're better the person across, try to beat yourself the next rep. So um, that's probably my biggest takeaway is just the growth and the competition and the mindset. Jason, we're excited to see what's in store for you next, rooting you on throughout – the way thanks for doing this and we'll be in touch because i'm excited to see your future and what all unfolds awesome thank you so much it was great to be here thank you again to jason harris for making a bit of time for us on this podcast now my takeaways from this discussion here's my number one thought is okay some of us might have grown up and had a father who was well established in a job. And I'm not saying it has to be football like Jason's dad or anything sports related, but you had somebody, a father figure or someone who was well established in an industry and they want to help their son, their offspring, their kids to to see the same sort of success, but maybe it comes off the wrong way. In a sense of look, in Jason's case, his dad as we said an All-American at Arizona State, several years in the NFL, and he wants his son to play football as well, and it would be in his best interest to do so, the son. But when you come at it from that way, it can also look like the dad is trying to relive his own legacy through his kid, and it's not the dad's life. It's the kid's life. So you always wonder, is it a healthy love of the sport or healthy love of the industry? If the offspring goes into the same industry as as the father or, or the parent, and we can tell that Jason said explicitly, look, I'm doing this because of me. I'm playing football not to follow in the footsteps of my father, although he says that his father is very supportive of him, as he should be, and, and glad to hear that that is the case. But it's not because I'm doing this just because of my dad to make him happy. And I think that's pretty telling. Now, it was also interesting to note that his dad is also a motivational speaker. And how do you get across teaching to a kid? That's not always the easiest thing to do. I'm not a parent yet, but I would think sometimes you don't want to come off as nagging or, or lecturing. And so from Jason's perspective, it sounds like his dad has mastered the art of subtly squeezing in some tidbits about how to, you know, teaching and advice for his son without it being blatant lecturing. And because when that happens, sometimes the kid will will tune out what's going on. And so props to the Harris family for getting that all figured out, which I think a whole lot of families could learn from. And then also what caught my eye or my ear was hearing 90-pound dumbbells that Jason Harris is working with. I want to know if he's bicep curling those. So as a journalist, I feel like I failed in my job to ask that very important follow-up question. Are you, How are you moving around that weight? I mean, I, I can't even imagine 90-pound dumbbells. And my final observation was, and I think that it might parallel your thought process here, is that when he described playing with the teammates in Darney Holmes and Joshua Kelly and looking at how their individual skill sets are going to lead to successful careers at the next level. Joshua Kelly, Darney Holmes, 
And it was very interesting to hear a, a player's perspective, being on the field with those guys and seeing what makes them special from a perspective that myself or a lot of us would not know because we were not on the field with those guys when practices were taking place and games and even the stuff outside where we don't see it from beyond the public eye in the locker room in the team bus these are the kind of really interesting observations that we get from players coming on that we wouldn't get from any other source so all in all we're rooting for Jason Harris to get that opportunity at the next level we will whatever happens be on his side and I hope that he gets that shot because he deserves it. And he was also very at peace with the fact that, yeah, he had a very big injury that took place his junior year in high school. And his life, his football career, could have gone a completely different direction. But he did get that opportunity to play at a Power 5 school. And I have no qualms to say that once he gets that shot, professionally at the next level or whatever industry he wants to go into outside of football. He will be successful. I know for a fact, and I know his dad will make sure of that as well. Thank you all for your time once again. I'm Brian Fenley. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Some great guests coming up next week. Still trying to figure out timing, but we do have guests in Bryce Alford coming on the program, former UCLA basketball player to look forward to. Also, we will have Nate Metters who was on the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL, former UCLA football player. We have Tyus Sedney and Jason Capono have agreed to come on. We're just trying to figure out a time when they can. So those are things to look forward to as I tease ahead. Have a great weekend. Tell your friends and family about what we're doing here on Lockdown Bruins, trying to give you some entertainment while we wait it out when sports is at a halt. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Brian Fenley.